everyone. Welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. Today I have author and pharmaceutical sales worker, um, J.D. McCabe. He's the author of The Third Gift, The Dance with the Devil and Her Mother. We're going to talk all about his journey to what led him to write the book and where he is today. Hey, J.D., how are you? Alexa, good. I am great. Thank you. How are, how are you? And I appreciate the opportunity to, to be on your podcast. So thank you very much. Of course. I love your story. And I love, we talked a lot like before um, we just started recording, but I love your story. And I think it's so important and it's just something that needs to get out there. Well, again, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. And thank you for taking the time to come on. Um, so I guess to start, just maybe give us a little bit of a background on what led you to create the book and the title yeah the the, the, the yeah the, the title is interesting and actually my, my son Billy played a role in helping me to come up with the title so um, the third gift of the, the first two gifts are my my kids uh, you know Billy and Katie they're um, now now young adults but unfortunately through the demise of our marriage, they, they endured the demise of our marriage throughout their high school and, and college careers. Uh, and I couldn't be prouder of them for the, the choices they've made through some, some very difficult and challenging times. But the, 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 the first two gifts of the kids, the third gift is a revelation that my now ex-wife made against me, a, a long list of accusations that she was leveling against me that, that I had given her, um, you know, an, an STD. And so, <laughs> Uh, the incurable SDD, and to be specific, it, it was herpes. It was um, an accusation that she leveled through an attorney when we had finally separated and we were working through mediation to try to avoid the court system. Uh, that, that grenade was dropped on me, um, but it was also the most eye-opening thing. Um, and I, that's why I truly believe it. I, I call it a gift because had she not made that revelation, I would not have looked into some things in her medical claims and pharmacy claims that I discovered all sorts of secrets and things that she was hiding from me. So long story short, everything that she had started accusing me of doing back in 2010, she actually was doing, including drug addiction, infidelity, stealing money from our marital account, anything she accused me of doing, she was actually doing. And I, I wouldn't have made that discovery um, had she not accused me of, you know, giving her an STD. And I was certain I didn't give her one because I had been faithful to her for 26 years. And the the sad part of it is we had a very happy and stable marriage for, for 17 years. Um, and then things dramatically changed in 2010. And ultimately in the spring of 2014, they, they got even worse, uh, which was when, you know, I ultimately ended up in a psychiatric facility for nine days, um, wrongly misdiagnosed and involuntarily committed by my you know family practitioner for some comments that I made that if we separate and I lose my family I simply said I don't know what I will do I didn't have a specific plan for suicide I didn't have any suicidal ideations I was just at that point I was a broken man and and didn't love the thought of you know the family falling apart because that was everything yeah. to me yeah but that's the third so crazy. revelation, yeah. Yeah, that's so crazy too that they like just by you saying that, like that they would think that that would be some kind of like wanting to commit suicide. To me, I wouldn't even. I don't know if I would necessarily. Maybe I guess as a doctor, it's different. You have to like think differently. But I guess just hearing that, it just to me, it's like you just were sad and didn't want it to end. 
Right. Well, there were some other things that I would discover as we moved forward into the court system and ultimately had a four day alimony trial. And again, this is why I called it the third gift, because had we not gone down that path, not ended up with an alimony trial. And the reason why we had an alimony trial is in the state of North Carolina. If there's proof of infidelity, there's no alimony. And so we certainly had proof in the form of DNA evidence that she can, you know, contracted herpes outside of the marriage. But I also discovered that she was writing letters to my psychiatrist at the time. And I saw a psychiatrist for maybe six months to a year. Um, I don't have bipolar two. Um, I don't have any type of mental health issues now. I, hadn't, I haven't seen a psychiatrist since October of 2015. But as we got my medical records to prepare for the alimony trial, and we certainly subpoenaed all of her medical records, I discovered letters that she wrote to my family practitioner and to my psychiatrist two days before I was involuntarily committed. So there were things in those letters that they never shared with me that she was building a case that I had anger issues. I had erratic behavior. You know, she was, she was wickedly brilliant. She studied up on, on bipolar to lay out the symptoms. And I think it was that culmination of events, you know, a weekend in September of 2014 that I was unaware of that was made him quickly make the decision that, yeah, this guy's got something going on from a mood or bipolar perspective and for his safety. Oh, and oh, because his wife fears for her safety, because that's part of what she put in the letters was that she feared for the safety of her and our daughter and everything was a blatant lie, but she sent those letters to my psychiatrist and to the family practitioner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it turns out it was the same family practitioner that allowed her to fill amphetamine prescriptions in our kids' names for two years, 600 days worth. So she would call in. Yeah, she would simply call in and get refills in, in their names. Um, so it's all laid out. There's a ton of ton of meat in the book, but it's all laid out in the book. And, and you know, I can smile now because the truth and the clarity is priceless. So I got to a point prior to being involuntarily committed that I, I believed I was the one that caused the demise of our marriage, you know, lack of trust in our marriage and so forth, so on. Um, and she projected everything that she had been doing. She projected it onto me. No wonder she, the book is the third gift, the dance with the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. And oh, pri prior to, prior to being in the summer of 2014, prior to being involuntarily committed in September, we were on a beach trip with her family. And it was on that trip that her mother <laughs> thus and her mother her mother threatened to kill me um she threatened to kill me and she suggested i was addicted to porn i was addicted to drugs so whatever her daughter was filling her head with um she bought it hook line and sinker and and never came to me to say hey let's talk about what's going on no she simply yeah. simply turned on me and this was a woman that i had a relationship a very loving relationship with for 23 years I was, Alexa, I was so stunned and shocked. I didn't even know how to respond. Uh, she basically said, you know, if you put your hands on my daughter, I will kill you. So her, her daughter must have been telling her that she's fearful of me and I have anger outbursts and I have mood issues and there was no truth to the matter. 
Yeah. Um, What is the mother? Has you, have you talked to her mother like since any of this? Well, I've had no, well, her mother, um, her mother passed away in April, April of 2018. Um, So they both, my now ex-wife moved from North Carolina down to Florida, um, did not attend our daughter's high school graduation. And her her mom moved in with her for a short period of time, but she passed away. And, and, um, but even after, you know, the two years after our trial, I never heard, never heard from her. And I never, ever heard from her brother. She has one sibling. And I would have thought that had she told her, probably told her brother the same thing that she's afraid of me. You would think a big brother would pick up the phone and at least have a conversation. Uh, but I never, I never heard from him. So, you know, fast forward a couple of years. I mean, I now believe that they, they truly saw the issues that she had and, and didn't want to address it. Yeah. As, did, as did many folks within the system, as we went through the legal system, as, as I went through the mental health system, as we went through the medical system, as you've experienced on your own, right. In, mm-hmm. in your own personal journey, um, those systems are not connected. They're, they're very broken. Um, she was able to bounce around a medical system from specialist to specialist, just telling them what her symptoms were and nobody ever validated or cross-checked it. There was no way to confirm it. So she would go and tell folks she had an autoimmune disease and they would prescribe her whatever, whatever she wanted. But did um, she ever get tested like to begin with, like from a doctor, like to say like, this is what you have? Well, it turns out, that's a great question, because it turns out, <laughs> as we subpoenaed all her medical records, and there was a very esteemed uh, organization um, that she had made two trips to in, in 2013, we were still happily married. Um, we got those medical records from those two visits, and they essentially said, she does not have an autoimmune disease. It's all in her head. She doesn't have one, and... You know, so when she came home from those trips, I didn't attend those trips with her to the to the to the clinics. Yeah, um, they were out of state, and I stayed behind to take care of our daughter at the time. And um, she never reported back. I never never asked to see her medical records, and even though I was paying all the medical bills, I never looked at any of that. And those were some of the, at the time you wouldn't think you would need to. No, no, and you you know the, some of the symptoms that she was having. You know, being in the pharmaceutical industry, I, it led me to believe that, yeah, she does indeed suffer from an autoimmune disease. But I would later discover that a lot of the symptoms that she were ha- was having was due to the multiple STDs that she contracted. Oh. Mouth sores, hair loss, swollen lymph nodes. So I learned more about STDs than I ever cared to learn, but I became quite astute at reading the, the CDC information on every, every STD out there. So again, all of these discoveries happened after she, you know, accused me of, you know, giving her an incurable STD. And so the clarity for me is priceless. We we never figured out who she was running around with because as we headed towards, as we headed towards our alimony trial, she was under a court order to maintain the integrity of her computers and her phones while she wiped her computers clean and she restored her phone back to factory settings. So, so there's no, no way for us to determine where her travels took her outside of our marriage. Yeah. That's just so crazy. And yeah, the people around you are right to tell you to write this in a book. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I mentioned this. I think we talked about it prior to this recording, but the, the other discovery that I made, which is kind of like an oh, by the way, is I discovered that she was poisoning me with arsenic as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, it, it's, been, a, it's been an interesting journey, but I'm on the other side of it now. And uh, I've met a lot of wonderful people and I've had a lot of wonderful family and friends that have, have stood by me throughout it. Um, and I've heard from a lot of people that have had, you know, their own situations that they were dealing with. And I, that kind of kept me grounded as I, as I moved through, through my, my, my nightmare the last four or five years, we're just taking comfort. I know it may sound strange, but taking comfort no. in the fact that my issues aren't nearly as big as what other people were dealing with. Yeah. And so the whole concept of relativity, right? Exactly. And, and it's, it's weird. I don't know if it's like necessarily weird or however it is, but it also in a way makes you feel not comforted because you don't want anyone to ever go through what you've gone through, but in a way it's like, you're not alone and yeah. people you're helping people to see that they're not alone as well. Yeah. And, and the other, the other message to carry one of the, one of the first mistakes that I made, which ultimately <clears throat> ended up me being, you know, involuntarily committed is I come from a large family. I have a large, you know, professional network. Um, I told nobody about what was going on. So I don't know if it was pride. I don't know if it was confusion on my part trying to figure out, is there something going on? Because at the time that she was making these accusations around mood and anger outbursts and this and that, I was having a lot of physical symptoms from the arsenic poisoning that I wasn't aware of. It was arsenic, yeah. but I lost prior to us even separating prior to the you know weight loss that comes along with the anxiety of a separation or a divorce i had lost 60 pounds in less than two months and i was having tingling in my fingers tingling in my toes and um and i thought you start thinking well maybe i got a brain tumor maybe i've got something physically going on with me that is causing her to believe that i've got a mood issue um or whatever um but again, the mistake that I made was that I, I told nobody, I confided in nobody and it, it damn near cost, cost me my life. So maybe one of the messages is that if you're going through something, please do not reach out and find some support or someone just at least to talk to. No one's going to solve your problem, but just to have somebody listen is all that I ever wanted. And ultimately, after I did spend nine days in a psychiatric facility, a couple of my brothers said, you know, enough is enough. We're coming to town in spite of me telling them, yeah, don't worry about coming to town. But they, they came and, and, and wanted to kind of begin to assess what, what the hell is going on. We lived out of state, so we weren't around family. Yeah. How, so while you were in the psychiatric ward, what were they like, did they not test for other things? Like, did they, is that where you were like, told you were bipolar? I was, I was misdiagnosed with bipolar two, um, six days, six days before I was involuntarily committed. I had agreed because you know, I was, I was doing everything I could to hold on to our marriage, to reconcile things. We were in therapy. We were seeing, you know, marriage counselor, uh, which was a, just a charade on her part on, on in a long list of charades. But I agreed to go see a psychiatrist to talk through what was going on, what my thoughts were. And of course, you know, when you're getting accused of everything every other day at home, sure, you're going to become a little irritated, 
a little agitated, a little defensive. Um, so I went, we together went to see a psychiatrist and, and my, you know, my, my vision of the mental health system is obviously very biased and it's an N of one. I went through it, but I also experienced a couple of psychiatrists, both on the inpatient side and my outpatient psychiatrist. And the diagnostics were terrible. The only thing that we did that led him to suggest that I might have bipolar too is we filled out a questionnaire, you know, the 10 question questionnaire for bipolar. I, if I recall, I filled out four or five of the boxes. Well, my now ex-wife filled out all 10. And that's when he's like, yeah, I think you have bipolar too. In less than, <laughs> less than 30 minutes. So six days later, I was involuntarily committed by our family practitioner. Unbeknownst to me, again, she's writing letters to both of these gentlemen behind my back that I would discover in my own medical records that they never revealed to me that they received these letters. I hope they're not. Um, I hope they're not allowed to practice anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what their. I don't know what their. I don't know what their status is. But yeah. So that was. I was diagnosed on September 9th. I was involuntarily committed on September fifteenth. That's because Friday night, September thirteenth, which oh by the way was our September eleventh. We were married on September eleventh of all days. <laughs> so that would have been our twenty second wedding anniversary, the, the weekend of our twenty second wedding anniversary. And she called the cops on me on a Friday night. And then there were some other things that, you know, that, that, that transpired. And ultimately, you know, it was a long, longest weekend of my life. And then that Monday I was, you know, involuntarily committed and, and locked up for nine days between two, two different facilities. So, um, but yeah, find out that she essentially, you know, I got to take some accountability for it. I, I allowed her and her mother to beat me into the ground and I stayed on an island and I told nobody and it just ate me up inside. Um, but she set, she set me up. She set me up and she was, she, she knew what she was doing. Uh, and it's a shame that she didn't use some of that intellect for good, but rather chose right. to use it for, for evil. Yeah. How long were you misdiagnosed with bipolar two for? Like when did yeah, you- Yeah, it, it was less than, so yeah, I mean, I was diagnosed less than a year, less than a year. So ultimately after we, yeah, ultimately we separated in May of 2015, separated in May of 2015. I continued to see the psychiatrist for a couple of more months. And it was at that point that he kind of took a step back and I, I knew I didn't have bipolar. I, I and, and, and I read all sorts of books on it and got educated on it. And, um, you know, I, was able to, once I got out of the house, I was able to breathe and discover that, okay, you, you don't have, you're not perfect, but you don't have any mood issues or whatever. So it was less than a year. And essentially he said to me, you know, I thought you had, you know, a high degree of irritation and agitation that uh, can be a subsymptom of, of bipolar too. And he stopped short of apologizing to me. So I was under psychiatric care for just a year and was on medication for less than six months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, that could give anyone a reason to have a mental health breakdown or an issue, like just for all this you've gone through in a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. And so when I was in the psychiatric facility, you're thinking this is, a, this is about as far down rock bottom as you can get, right? I was wrong. You know, the next seven, eight months, um, would just be even even worse, you know, from from an emotional abuse perspective to uh, 
the back and forth. Hey, we're going to stay together. I love you. No, we're not going to stay together. We need to separate. And depending on what her mental instability was on whatever day, that's what I would confront when I would, you know, come home from work or whatever. So, but if, if I hung in there long enough, thank, I thank God that I hung in there another seven or eight months after I came out of a psychiatric facility because the third gift may never have been revealed. She may right. never have attracted it. And I wouldn't know all that was really going on in our marriage. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Fortunately, our kids um, were 15 and 19 at the time, uh, 16 and, and excuse me, 16 and 20 at the time. But so they weren't young kids. So as things unfolded and they started asking questions, I had plenty of evidence as to what actually was transpiring in our marriage. Um, so, yeah, for that, I, I'm be forever grateful to, you know, to the good Lord that he finally intervened and said, okay, your, your marriage is over. Um, yeah. You've suffered yeah. enough. Yeah. 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 So what was the process of writing the book? Like I started, I started in, in 2017 writing it and I had a pretty good foundation going because when I came out of the psychiatric facility, my, my brother, Al, who's, him and his wife, Jane, and, and a few other of my family members have, you know, been there by my side for the last five, six, seven years. He said, you know, I'll support you staying in the marriage if that's what you want to do. Um, you know, you've had the cops called on you. You've been diagnosed with bipolar. You need to start documenting. You need to start documenting all this stuff to protect yourself. And so I did. So ultimately, when I got to 2017, I had a diary <clears throat> of... 70 pages, single space, eight and a half by 11. So that was the foundation of where I started to kind of lay out our journey, the journey of our marriage. And I do spend some time talking about the first 17 years as well. Cause again, people find it hard to believe that it was happy, stable. Right. My daughter said, my daughter said it best when things started falling apart. She said, you know, dad, you and you and mom were like teenagers in love. What happened? You know, and I, at the time I had no, I had no answers for her, but I would later get the answers. But um, yeah, so I, I started writing it. It took me about a year to write. And then, you know, the editing process and some revisions and some rewrites. And we had a legal review done because it's, it's that real. Um, the only thing that's changed is some locations and some names, but the rest of it is, is very real. So, you yeah. know, our domestic, our domestic trials in there, our domestic violence trial or alimony trials in there. There's emails in there. There's text messages in there. So it's as, it's as real as, as real as I could get. Yeah. But it took about a year and it was released, um, you know, by mascot books last March of 2020, right before the world stopped. Right. Yeah. Right before the COVID oh, yeah, actually, though. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So it's, it's, it, yeah. So the year has been met with mixed blessings and, and of course we've, we're all dealing with uh, this new, new reality here. Yeah. So going like when, as you were the writing process, like you had the, the diary already, mm -hmm. like as you were like getting it, writing it into a book series, like not a book series, a book, did you start going back through all the emotions again or yes. like, how was that? Like, was it therapeutic yeah. or? It, it was, it was, it was therapeutic. Um, the hardest part for me though, was so when I wrote the, the last four or five chapters, which is a lot of the legal stuff with our alimony trial, I 
I got the audio recording. So I took advantage of the public record, the whole concept of public record. And so I, I received the audio recordings from our trial. There's over 17 hours of audio recordings and hearing, sitting in a courtroom, stone faced, listening to your soon to be ex-wife, a couple of her girlfriends who she, you know, pulled out of the woodwork from eighth grade and whatever that I hadn't seen in years came into court to testify against me. Their, their mantra was that I was controlling and I was abusive and she was in a controlled marriage. They were building that, building that story. But the, the most difficult part for me, Alexa, was to listen to, to the testimony from my now ex-mother-in-law, my now ex-wife, and just the attacks on my character, the attacks on my integrity. So yeah, I had to reopen all of those boxes that I had, had closed, but it also helped to bring me, to bring me some closure too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it, that's, that's, that was the journey to, for, for writing the book. That, that, yeah, I feel like that'd be like so hard because like, as you were actually living it, it yeah. was piece yeah. by piece. Like you were living at this chunk, but then as you're rewriting it and going through it, you're listening to everything in one little time period. Yeah. yeah. So you like things you might've forgotten or like the little details you're it's right in front of you again. Yeah. And even today. So as, as we talked, you know, during our, um, you know, prior to recording, I'm doing a, the majority of my own social media. I don't have a, a marketing firm behind me. I've created a little business for the book and, and kind of self-funded it with a, a loan. But um, so I try to put little snippets from the book on, on social media and I go back and I, I forget about some of the things that actually happened. So as I read some of the chapters again, I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah, she did do that. Yeah. She did accuse me of looking like Ernie or Bert from Sesame Street. Um, there was an incident where I, where, I, where I left the house. And this is how crazy it got. But I left the house to, to go. I left the house for 20 minutes to run out to the grocery store or whatever. And when I came back, she, she accused me of being stoned. She said, you look stoned. You know, you, your eyes look squinty, oh my like Ernie or Bert from Sesame Street, which everyone has the squinty eyes. So I just got to the point where I just would just simply chuckle and go into another room in the house or whatever going, okay, here, here we go again. But I forgot about a lot of those things as I, as I read yeah. the book. I'm like, oh, that's right. That happened. Yeah. She did say that. <laughs> so it was just con con It was, I don't know if you ever read the book. Probably not. Um, yeah. I hate you. Don't leave me. It's about being married to an, it's about being married to a narcissist or somebody with borderline personality disorder is that they they'll pull you in just to continue to slap you in the face. They'll tell you they love you. They'll continue to be intimate with you on occasion uh, only to tell you five days later, you know, what, how awful you are. And, and, and so, yeah, it would be, I, 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 it was a book that I read, but I had to put it down because I'm like, Oh my God, this was the life I was living. Like I hate you, but don't leave me. So yeah. it was absolutely an emotional roller coaster, and and uh, to be free of that is absolutely priceless. I could imagine. Like you probably yeah. are. Like, how did I stay as mm -hmm. long as I did? Looking now, where it was obviously different when you're actually living through it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing too is you 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 wrap where I did wrestle with all the red flags that I missed. You know, 
you know, you're accusing me and I know I haven't done anything wrong, certainly drugs or infidelity or any of that. You want to look at my phone. You want to look at my work emails. How about, how about you show me your phone? You know, right. so those are the things that I, you know, I trusted her love, love is blind and trust is blind. And I, I blindly yeah. trusted her when I can't imagine the joy she was experiencing with all that she was feeling that she had gotten away from. And, and oh, by the way, I'm going to pour all this on him and I'm going to bury him. And I'm going to paint the yeah. picture. He's a drug addict. He's abusive. He's controlling. Oh, by the way, he gave me herpes. So let's add insult to injury. Yeah, he gave me herpes, which I'm going to be clear. I didn't. Um, yeah. I've, been I've been tested multiple times. Every every herpes test out there I've, I've had. And I don't have, have herpes. But um, so people say, well, is the third gift really the herpes? I say, well, the third gift is clarity, peace of mind, emotional freedom, all wrapped up in a virus. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Cause had, yeah. So had she not contracted that, I don't know where I'd, I don't know where I'd be today. So. And it's so crazy to think about like, if she would have not like, if she would have done everything she did, but never accused you of doing it, yeah. she might've actually gotten away with everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's and like, so, so crazy. Yeah. And I scratch my, I scratch, I even, even the, the afternoon after she dropped that on me and I'm trying to process all of this, trying to process the betrayal, the deception, the abuse and the continued abuse that would continue to come from her and her mother. Now that once I was out of the house, you know, I had to block them on all sorts of forms of yeah. communication so they could stop, you know, harassing me. Um, but the only thing I can think of is, her delusions from her medications, her overuse of psychiatric medications made her really so delusional that she convinced herself that I gave it to her yeah. or she was just that greedy and just that evil that I, I just want to paint the worst picture I can paint of this guy possible. Yeah. And I think she believed, and I talk about it in the book because um, my, my daughter says, dad, why did you have to put sex in the book? I said, yeah. it had to be in, it had to be in there to provide the readers with proper context that yeah. it's a couple of months prior to her contracting it or during the window when we think and our STD expert thinks she actually contracted it, we had been together three nights in a row. We, had, we hadn't been together for months, but yeah, we were together three nights in a row. And now I, now I know why those three nights happened is I believe she thinks she infected me. I believe she convinced herself that she infected me. Yeah. Which, you know, thank God she didn't. So. Yeah. Oh, so crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's such an important story that you're sharing and it's information that's so important for people to hear because you, they could be going through it and not realizing it. I've heard from a lot of people, <clears throat> you know, so it's been out since March and I've heard from a lot of people, both male and female, um, that they, they found that, yeah, you, you find out when you wrote, when you put your story out there, you find out from close friends that, Oh, this is kind of what I've been going through and both, yeah. both male and both male and female. Um, so I've heard from, you know, equal amounts of both as to, you know, thanking me for sharing the story and, and helping them to, to recognize that they're not alone and that everybody's dealing with, you know, with their own, their own challenges. So that's been, um, that's been nice to hear from, from folks, but the other piece of it too is, is sadly 
as we went through our, you know, as we went through our trials and tribulations, there were attorneys, there were therapists that recognized the depths of her issues, but chose not to do anything about it. So she had two attorneys that represented her for 20 months leading up to our alimony trial. And four or five months before the trial, they stopped representing her. I think they finally recognized that her paranoia, her delusions yeah. were off the charts and they could no longer represent her. But yeah, they didn't choose to, to find help for her. Yeah. And, and my daughter's therapist at the time went to my now ex-wife's third attorney and said, I've got some real concerns about your client and did nothing, did nothing to at least attempt to get her the help that she needed yeah. or go have a conversation with her mother that we've got some concerns about the mental well-being of your daughter. And that, 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 that saddens me um, that the, the system not only failed me, but it also failed her. Yeah. Um, and it fails a lot of people, sadly, you know, so, yeah. um, but it, it's, it's a broken system where for nine days in, in I got no counseling. I, I, I saw my social worker for 45 seconds in nine days. So it was a matter of just over-medicate people, keep them, uh, you know, they tried to put me on medications that I didn't need to be on yeah. anti antipsychotics and ramping up the dose of, you know, of a anxiety a drug called Lamictal that they said, well, we're going to just ramp up that dose. You're on a very low dose. And oh, by the way, we're going to put you on an antipsychotic. Which after I got out, the, out of the facility, I took myself off of it because it made me feel awful. And I, I, my legs yeah. felt like they, I felt like I was walking in cement. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't need that. I'm going to step myself off it, but yeah, it's, it's broken systems all around. The legal system's broken, mental health system's broken, and certainly the the U.S. healthcare system is is broken. And I've you know been close to it for for 30 years. But for someone to be able to navigate it and tell people self-report what you have, without the systems being able to talk to each other, and similarly, she was able to bounce from pharmacy to pharmacy and yeah. fill controlled substances with little to no regulation. Crazy. Yeah. Um, before we head off, um, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Where can we find your book? Uh, the book you can find it's available everywhere, but folks can find the book if they if they're so inclined uh, at Mascot Books. It's also available at, you know on all the outlets, Walmart.com, Amazon, all the major outlets. They can find me and some additional information. Uh, on thirdgift.com is the website. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at the third gift. And then uh, I just signed up for TikTok. <laughs> so I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on TikTok as well. And so uh, some snippets and some audios and some videos from other podcasts that I've done. And this one hopefully will find its way to TikTok as well, but uh, I've made its way to TikTok. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take advantage of all the social media platforms that are out there. And that, that in and of itself has been a wild education because uh, yeah. I wasn't on social media prior to this. And the, the reach and man, it's, it's a whole new world out there for sure. Well, thank you again for coming on and the, it'll be in the description below. It'll be um, where you can find him and his book. This was another episode of With Love Alexa. See you guys next time. Bye.